0: Mud Stories, Episode
1: 5. Your mercy floods my tired soul As you lift me out of my muddy hole You wash me up with your sweet grace And you lead me to a safer place again
2: We um, got married, and then the wedding night proved to be challenging. I mean, we experienced a lot of hardship trying to consummate our marriage. And we both tried to laugh it off and say, oh, it's just going to take some time getting used to. But weeks went by, months went by, years went by, and sexual intimacy was our greatest hardship. And that amplified other issues that we had. I think I would just say, hang in there. Never stop praying and believing for the change that you desire in your marriage. Have the faith to
0: know that God can transform you and your husband. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins, your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories, a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey friends, welcome back. I am so happy you're here because today I'm chatting with Jennifer Smith, founder and writer at UnveiledWife.com. Jennifer began blogging back in 2011 with the intention of sharing with other wives not only the struggles she had in her marriage, but also the healing her and her husband, Aaron, encountered. Now, before they were married, they asked God to use them for him in an incredible way. And it seems like God is doing just that because today Jen's blog has grown into a worldwide ministry that is having a greater impact than they ever imagined would be possible. She's the author of a 30 day marriage devotional entitled Wife After God and will be releasing her first traditionally published book with Tyndale in the spring of 2015. Jennifer lives with her husband and their son Elliot in central Oregon. And I am so thrilled to invite you to share in our conversation today. So, in this episode, we discuss Jen's mud story through the first few years of her marriage, including the physical pain and intimacy challenges she faced. We highlight the way God uses others in our lives to help us heal, the power of receiving God's grace and then extending it to our spouses, And also, the way our connectedness with God can lead to an increase in the intimacy of our marriage. Jennifer holds nothing back, and she just shares her story with such beautiful transparency and vulnerability. And I just am so excited you're here. So, may your heart find some encouragement through her words today. Enjoy. Hey, Jen! Welcome to the Mud Stories Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. Well, up until a few months ago, we actually lived in the same town and attended the same church. Yes, we did. Yeah. And I met you through a mutual friend of ours named Joanne. I think it was about maybe three years ago. She was over for tea one afternoon, and she knew that I had just started blogging. This July is my third year blogging. And she began Oh, I think it was, she was on a missions trip with you to, was it Guatemala? Uh, Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Yeah. You and her had traveled to Nicaragua and she knew that you also had started a blog. And so she said to me, do you know Jennifer from church? (laughs) And I said, no, I don't. So she gets out her phone and she pulls up your blog on her phone. And I think at the time, like the header was hot pink or some kind of hot pink and black. (laughs) Was it hot pink and black? Yeah, I remember. And so, um, so she introduced me to your blog, and and I loved the theme of it and the idea, and I had read your story that, that first time. and then, it, But it wasn't until you were pregnant with Elliot that we had a chance to actually connect because you and Erin actually came over to our house for dinner, mm-hmm. and we ate some chicken pot pie and dessert. And That was and so good. It was so good. You guys <laughs> brought the most amazing wine. I need to get the name of what that wine was because <laughs> I still... I still remember it. It was so Aww. good. So good. Um, yeah. And then I think it, at that time, I was getting ready to uh, write my story out online. And and you guys were just such an encouragement to us. And um, God has really blessed your online ministry to wives. Uh, your blog is called The Unveiled Wife. Yes. yes. And I've been able to contribute to your blog and also got to attend this live event you had last spring for a group of women here in Southern California. Oh, that was incredible. Yeah, Yeah. at our church. It was called Shine. What a great turnout we had there.
2: Yeah, that was awesome. And I really appreciate your willingness to um, just partner with me on that and stand up on stage with me.
0: Oh, it was really awesome. We, We read some letters to encourage wives in different circumstances. And Oh, it was just really fun to see everybody in real life. Um, but a few
2: months ago, you moved, yes? Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. We um, relocated to
0: Central Oregon. Okay. So how many years have you and Aaron been married? Uh, we're going on seven and a half years. Seven and a half. And while your marriage is thriving now, it hasn't always been the case. No. Yeah, you've been through some mud in marriage. Tell us how, how your mud story began.
2: So, um... Uh, we both were virgins going into marriage. We saved ourselves and um, just had, you know, moral standards. And, and as we walked with God in our personal life, just felt like um, that was an an important thing to us. And so we, we um, got married and then uh, the wedding night proved to be just um, challenging. I mean, we experienced a lot of hardship, uh, trying to consummate our marriage. Mm. And we both kind of tried to laugh it off and say, Oh, it's just going to take some time getting used to. Um, but weeks went by months went by years went by and it just, um, in- sexual intimacy was, um, our greatest hardship. And that just, you know, Amplified other issues that we had.
0: Yeah, so challenging. You know, I was a virgin when I got married the first time, too. And don't you think that when we've gone our whole lives, like, you know, se- having sex before marriage is wrong and we're trying to stay pure and, you know, that dating time is such a challenge. And then all of a sudden, you put this white dress on, a bunch of people show up at a church, you walk down, you say some words, you have some cake and a bunch of fun, and then you leave. And I remember being terrified.
2: Like oh yeah. Like it was like it loomed over my whole wedding day. Like I just kept thinking in the back of my mind, okay, it's coming. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And I remember telling my friend when I left the church, you know, she was like, Oh, I think I was changing out of my dress and into the outfit I was gonna wear as we drove to the hotel. And I just remember feeling so nervous and and it I was like, nobody told me about this part. And then all of a sudden everything's okay to do, and you kind of are a little lost. I, yeah. I, at least well, I like, think there's and, a lot of people who, who are, and it's it hits you by surprise, don't you think?
2: Yeah, and it's hard to um, send the same message to your heart. You know, your mind all of a sudden um, is hearing, yes, I can do this, but your heart has been told no for so long that it's, it's really hard to, um, you know, just – let accept go. Accept it all, and yeah. It, yeah, to let go and accept that you can be vulnerable with your husband. Right, you know, that was that was definitely difficult for me.
0: Yeah, it was, and and I think even in premarital counseling, you know, we we went to the pastor at our church and everything, and they ask questions about sex a little bit, but mm-hmm. you don't know how to answer them because you don't yeah. have any clue what you like or what there is, or right. I mean, you've been trying to live a holy life and you have no idea. It's just so hard. So Mm -hmm. hard. So that first night, that first week, even that first year was so challenging. What were the feelings that you were feeling if, you know, this, this thing called sex that was supposed to be so amazing, that wasn't seeming to work the way you had planned? I imagine there were feelings attached to that that were just so difficult.
2: Definitely. Um, the first one right off the bat was um, physical feelings. You know, it, um, I experienced a lot of pain and I didn't know mm. that was um, a, a challenge to be faced. I didn't know that um, my body could hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I knew that it would be discomfort or, you know, would hurt a little bit, but I didn't know it would be excruciating. And I didn't know that pain would last and linger, you know, mm-hmm. into years.
0: Well, and then the anxiety builds with each experience, you know, it's exactly. that the anxiety and the fear is there. I th- I think as a nurse, I've heard of this term. I forget what it, I think it's called vaginismus or something like yes. that. Is, is that right?
2: Right. So anytime that, anytime that me and my husband went to initiate sexual intimacy, I got so apprehensive and full mm-hmm. of anxiety that yes, I would basically would just clamp right up and, yep. you know, made it more difficult for my husband and I to come together.
0: And then you just dread that next initiation each time because you're worried that it's going to happen again. And then then what? So
2: that was the first thing. And then, um, very shortly following was, um, feeling a inadequacy, like I couldn't fulfill my husband's needs. Mm. Um, I felt like I wasn't good enough as a wife, um, as far as being able to fulfill my husband.
0: And I'm sure it wasn't just physical challenges, right? There was more feelings than that.
2: Absolutely. So I, I, um, because of the um, physical pain that I encountered, it led me to feel um, like my body was broken. And then I started feeling inadequate as a wife. And um, I felt like I I just wasn't um, able to fulfill my husband's needs. And that just amplified other issues that we were encountering as a, you know, as a married couple.
0: And how did this, I mean, how did Aaron respond to this whole situation? I'm sure it wasn't something that he had anticipated being an issue either.
2: Yeah, he, he was really supportive and he just, um, he was patient with me and I feel like more than explaining how he truly felt about the situation, although I knew it was affecting him, he, um, he was just really graceful with me and, and just tried to encourage me, um, during those moments of, of emotional breakdown or weakness Mm. that I was having.
0: So how long did that keep going on and what was the course, what was the process that ended up unfolding
2: so, um, we basically, um, struggled with sexual intimacy for, um, four years. And in that time, I mean, I could count on maybe one or two hands, the amount of times that we were able to come together, but it still wasn't satisfying. It was just like, okay, you know, maybe that was a little bit good, but nothing, nothing that how we thought it was supposed to be. Yeah. And so that was our marriage for four years. And, and I got really depressed, really, um, just brokenhearted. And that forced me into isolation. I, I became very angry at God, very bitter, um, thinking that I deserved this perfect life without challenge, right? And, right. Because um, you did it God's way, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? I, yep. I told And I told God that. I said, I did all the right things, you know, like A plus B equals C. Yep. And I wasn't willing to listen to any other way that God had for me. So I just kind of gave him the cold shoulder, gave my husband the cold shoulder and um and really checked out as far as um wanting to be a wife.
0: Now, is was there anyone you were able to confide with? I mean, 4 years, that's a long time. Was there anybody that you were able to talk to?
2: Well, the first 2 years of our marriage, we were traveling around um around the world. We were missionaries and we were um just a big part of our heart was to serve God, but another big part was trying to escape the pain of what we were dealing with at home. So we were distracting ourselves by Mm -hmm. traveling and doing these, these um, adventures with God. But um, so that made it difficult to build, you know, a strong enough relationships where I felt comfortable to talk about these issues because I was really embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I was keeping me and my husband from experiencing true intimacy Mm -hmm. and, so I, di- I didn't know how to open up comfortably about it. And so um, towards the, the um, third to fourth year of marriage is when um, I did start to open up and, and reach out and talk to other women about these issues. And in the beginning, um, people were not responsive. They didn't understand what I was dealing with, and they had never heard of it before. Hmm. And so it it just was a, a very difficult process. And then, and then I met Joanne and Joanne and Chris, her husband, they yeah. really played a huge part in, um, me and my husband in our healing process. God really used them to show us, um, that our marriage had purpose and that we need to remain hopeful
0: in our circumstances. They're so awesome. I keep trying to talk her into coming on the podcast. <laughs> oh, she needs to definitely. She would be a huge encouragement. I know. Okay. So. Help me gang up on her. We have to get her to talk to me. (laughs) I will. (laughs) I know. Yeah, they're wonderful. Chris and Joanne have done a lot of work with marriage mentoring, and actually my husband and I have been a part of that ministry uh, for some time, doing premarital and marital coaching and help with couples facing crisis or preparing to get married or in some of the couple situations getting remarried because there are issues with that. But yeah, so great. So you met them through church. Mm -hmm. and how did the, the hope that they were holding out to you, how did you grab onto that hope and what did you do with it? What did it look like practically for um, you? Wow,
2: well, That's a great question. Um, so it took some time, but um, we basically, we went over there to their house for dinner one night and um, they sat in front of us and just asked us about how our marriage was doing. And it was kind of the first time that we had ever been confronted in an intimate setting like that where Mm -hmm. the people on the other end truly cared about what we were facing
0: and don't you think that's a good lesson for all of us to really get yes. out of our own comfort zones and, Absolutely. and there are people real life people in front of us who are just waiting they're hurting they're waiting for somebody to just reach out and say in an intimate way how really are you and the fact that you were in their living room in their house it was a safe place you had met them yes. before so mm-hmm. to just always be looking for ways we can be used like that it's just beautiful anyway you were in their living room they asked you that question
2: and i just tears, just draining from my eyes. I mean, I just got so emotional in that, in that moment. And I think it was because Mm -hmm. I felt God there. And for so long I had, you know, turned away from him that, um, that I, I was reminded of the love he had for me. And, and then I saw that God uses people to help redeem us and to help transform us. And, um, and he used Chris and Joanne in that moment for, for us and um and to help heal my marriage um they basically just um listened and with eyes full of grace full of god's grace they um they just accepted our story and then you know um, helped encourage us with resources to to walk us through the issues we were having yeah um one of the one of the resources that joanne gave me was no more headaches by julie slattery and that love that book. Oh my goodness. revolutionized the Mm -hmm. way that I saw my husband's needs because for so long I was focused on my needs and what I needed and what I wanted. And, um, and you know, especially about sex, we weren't, I wasn't really taught a whole lot about a man's needs and culture will tell you that men just need sex, you know, and that, that's that's it. And, And it's more of a stereotype where Julie really explains in her book that, um, um, there are chemical processes that happen within a male's body that actually draw them closer mm-hmm. to their wife. And I just love that. I thought it was so beautiful. And so I really dug into that book and it it um basically rewired. It. Yes, it rewired my mind in the way that I viewed sex. I love that book.
0: Yeah. I was asked to teach a Bible study at our church a few years ago, and I used part of what we talked about was from Julie Slattery's book, No More Headaches. And as a nurse, what I love so much about you mentioned the hormones and all those bonding chemicals that our bodies yeah. make, mm-hmm. I just found it so fascinating. You know, oxytocin is the labor hormone that we use to induce people, but that hormone is really called the love and bonding hormone, and that's the hormone that is uh, secreted by our body anytime we have skin to skin contact with people, mm-hmm. at all, even holding hands, mm-hmm. and um, but. In men, uh, that hormone level is very low and the only time the oxytocin hormone level rivals that of women is immediately after sexual activity. and And because that hormone skyrockets, it's that sexual activity that bonds them to, that partner. Mm -hmm. And so in essence, being intimate with one another actually bonds us to our partners. And then that chemical dopamine in our brain, that that chemical that's secreted when we're having a high, like people who do daring things like motorcycle riding and skydiving and things like that, that's dopamine that's, that's emitted. It's also emitted during sexual activity. And so it not only oxytocin bonds us to our partners, but dopamine uh, addicts us to our partners. Mm. And so it's, so this, cool. it's this chemical uh, process that she really explains in her book that it, it's like how God created our bodies even chemically for monogamy mm-hmm. to really crave one another and be, become addicted to one another and bond with one another. And so I love how she says that women want to feel close to have sex, but men want to have sex to feel close.
2: Yep, that's perfect. i I love that
0: and, um, so yes, that book uh, we'll we'll link that in the show notes so people can find that book, but, yeah, so you read that book, Joanne gave you that book,
2: yep, and that was like the the beginning of kind of my um transformation on viewing sex and and viewing sex in marriage and what it could look like between me and my husband and it and it really did feel hope in my heart for um for a season of
0: change to come so when you tell me that you were reading about how there are things that we need to do as wives to meet the needs of our husbands, how did that enlightenment factor into this difficulty you were having physically? Because I'm sure your heart for all those years was willing, um, but there were some physical issues enmeshed with the emotional issues. So how how did, you know, eliminating s- a selfish perspective as a wife help and assist the physical challenges you were facing?
2: Well, I think that, um, during those years of hardship, I, like I said, I was very focused on my needs and, you know, the, all the emotions that was tied into, um, what we were encountering. Um, I just, that that's what I was experiencing. It was my side of the story. Mm-hmm. And, and in that, and in focusing on myself, I kind of, um, forgot about my husband. And so, um, when I, when I was, encouraged to look from his point of view or to, um, satisfy his needs, I was challenged to do things for him and to, f- to fulfill him in ways that I hadn't even tapped into yet. Um,
0: you and, established a mindset of giving, giving, right. Right. Yeah.
2: So, and, and so in, and in, in doing things for my husband and trying to fulfill his needs in any way that I could, regardless of whether we had sex or not, um, yeah it drew us closer to each other and Mm. it, Re-established, um, it reestablished intimacy in a non-sexual way.
0: Yeah. Well, because there are a myriad of ways that we have intimacy in marriage. There's right. in- intellectual intimacy where we discuss right. things. There's uh, emotional intimacy where we open up with our feelings. There's spiritual intimacy where we share our faith. Mm-hmm. And then physical intimacy is a part, but yep. there's so much more beyond that. And I think, don't you think sometimes we focus so much on that physical part that we neglect those other intimacies that really would feed into the fire that would fuel our physical intimacy together.
2: Right. And that's exactly what I was, yep, that's what I was experiencing. Yeah. So the moment I turned around and turned towards my husband and, and started to serve him as God called me to as his wife, that is when, um, you know, we were just able to strengthen our relationship and, Mm -hmm. and persevere, persevere through the hardships.
0: Yeah. So that emotional connection, that spiritual intellectual connection that you were building, I imagine decreased that heightened fear that you had each time an intimate physical moment was coming.
2: Yeah, it did. Um, it definitely gave me more peace, um, going into it, or at least gave me the motivation to try another day. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the things that um, really um, helped me through healing uh, physically was also something that um, Joanne had said in our little discussion that night that we um, that we spent with them, and uh, she basically brought up this story of another woman who was struggling with um, PCOS, and that mm. when she changed all of her products over to organic, um, she. She basically was healed from some of the symptoms that she was encountering. Well, because I didn't know too much about um, this other woman's issue, I kind of disregarded what Johan had uh, mentioned. And then uh, a few months down the road, my husband brought it back up and he said, babe, what if there's something in our vi- environment that is hindering you and giving you these symptoms of dryness, which is affecting mm-hmm. you to be able to have sex. And I thought it was out of left field. I didn't understand what he was talking about. And um, he he said, the only product that you've used consistently over the last seven or eight years is your face wash. And it was a particular brand of face wash that I did use uh, for acne. And um, he started researching the ingredients. He went on um, e wg.com and just um, typed it in. And it gives you a list of the harmful, the harmfulness of each chemical. And parabens came up as an endocrine disruptor. And going back into the way that our body works, um, if uh, the levels of um, how your hormones are in your body are off, then, um, you know, you can experience certain symptoms. And what we gathered Mm -hmm. is that um, these parabens were blocking my endocrine system, and I was too dry to experience sex. So my body wasn't naturally lubricating. Yeah. And so we stopped the face wash. I stopped any products, whether it was lotions, conditioners, shampoos. I mean, parabens are in so many. They are in
0: so many things. I mean,
2: everything. Yeah. And I went through all of my products and threw them all out. And. I kid you not, within a a few days, I started feeling different in my body and several times had to walk to the bathroom just to check that, you know, I didn't accidentally wet myself or something like that. I mean, I hadn't, feel, I hadn't felt those feelings since I was a teenager, and I didn't even realize they were missing. Wow. And that was the first kind of awakening I had about the environment and how things that we put into our bodies and onto our bodies really affect
0: us. Yeah. And um, within, Well, and for some people, they might not be affected by it. but
2: Exactly. But for whatever some, reason, right. my body was really sensitive yes. to parabens. And the reason that I give it so much credit is because um, within a week and a half, Me and my husband had incredible sex
0: Mm. and
2: for having waited four years to experience that it was like. What was it, what was that like? I mean, I'm
0: sure you're like, what? what just happened? That was
2: yeah. like amazing. And then we weren't sure if it was a fluke or not. So we tried it again <laughs> and it was even more amazing. Um, oh, no, that, wasn't the, that wasn't the end of my um, healing journey. You know, I still encountered a lot of anxiety going into sex or, mm-hmm. you know, certain times that it did, you know, didn't work as well as it did in that one moment. So we still, we still struggled through that next year, but oh my gosh, it was it was amazing compared to what we yeah. had experienced before. Well, and then
0: you were able to like, okay, now we're going to research what it is we like and what we could yes. do and like all these yes. different, like a whole new door opened up, a whole new world.
2: Yes, <laughs> and it was beautiful and I, and it just really did, it it redeemed and reconciled in my heart that my marriage has a purpose mm-hmm. and that God was going to um, just use us for something extraordinary And that was something that we prayed for when we were dating. And so to have gone from that mentality to a completely devastated one and now back to it, I just was, I was in awe of how God was, was moving in our lives.
0: How did you prevent giving up in the depths of your mud? How did, in those days that were so dark, how did you, I, I imagine there would be a lot of people who would say, well, this just doesn't work. Forget it. Well, let's just get a divorce. Like they would have closed off their heart, been in denial, refused to change, refused to grow, refused to reach out to resources. How did you avoid that?
2: Um, it was really hard. and I There were days that I was um, so distraught and so um, over it all, over marriage, over being a wife that I wanted to give up. And the uh, contemplation of divorce was right there. And I'm actually um, in the middle of writing a book right now that's set to release um, next April called The Unveiled Wife, where I, I I know I'm so excited, but I open up with this chapter of I'm sitting in church and I know that we're going to be talking about divorce over lunch. Like there was no other option. My husband and I were at odds with each other and and things were just Mm -hmm. not going the way we wanted them to go. And we felt like there there was no other option, which is, which is crazy to think about because, Coming from you know, Christian backgrounds, divorce we thought would never be an option. But in our pain and suffering, we, I just knew that that's where we were going. And, um, and it was in that moment that God, God saved us. And God radically touched my husband in a powerful way, which I share about in the book. And then that changes the conversation completely. Mm-hmm. So instead of talking about divorce, we are now talking about how God's grace and love can redeem us.
0: Well because as we re- as we really absorb how God gives us grace that we don't deserve, how we're given mercy. We, we don't get the punishment that we deserve, but we get mercy instead. Once we grab a hold of that and then we make the choice to extend that same grace and mm, mercy exactly. to each other, mm-hmm. then you, you have a marriage where people aren't becoming polarized as partners, like, well, I'm not getting my needs met. I'm not getting my needs met. And then you keep setting that wedge and resentment and bitterness that grows toward divorce. Instead, it sounds like you guys made a decision, like we are going to extend grace to each other. We're going to give more than we receive. And that's where those other areas of intimacy probably started to grow. Mm-hmm. Would you absolutely. say?
2: absolutely? Yep. So it was just a matter of me learning and my husband learning, but he was on a different journey than I was as far as, you know, personal intimacy mm-hmm. with God. But God had to teach me how powerful his grace truly is and that I had the power to extend that grace to my husband, just like you said. And that Mm -hmm. really revolutionized. It changes uh, everything. It it changes the game. It changes everything.
0: Everything. And sometimes we don't want to do that because we're holding on to that. Well, if I give, then I'm not going to get anything back. And then I'm just going to be out on a limb and it's not going to be fair. And woe is me. Mm -hmm. Right. But, but if we could just have the faith to just step out and say, okay, I'm just going to give and I'm going to, you know, be connected to God, and I'm going to give that and trust mm-hmm. that He's going to meet me there. Mm-hmm. And I think
2: a big part for me um, during those dark days, and I think that um, those listening, you might, you know, this might resonate with you, but I clung on to this ideal that I needed every single feeling I had validated by my husband. Mm. And I thought that if I were to give grace or let go of certain things, that my feelings wouldn't be validated or what I cared about wouldn't be validated.
0: Like you'd that be invisible.
2: Just, that that I would be invisible yeah. or that things would just move on and that they wouldn't really matter. And and for whatever reason, they mattered so much to me that I needed that validation. So mm-hmm. I would do things like manipulate or withhold my love and intimacy. And I did all these things backwards because because I wanted, instead of saying, here, God, this is what I want now, you know, here's my desires for my marriage and you help me instead of inviting the Lord to help me, I was trying to do it all on my own and it just was failing. And so, um, yeah, once I learned how to, how to go before the Lord and really trust him, um, that's when things started to
0: change. Oh, Jennifer, what a beautiful story. Mm -hmm. What would you say? I know there are some people out there who their marriage situations do not have a lot of hope right now, wherever it is, they're listening. And they've listened to your story, and they want to grab onto that hope that you found what What would you say? What tips would you give them that they could start to implement in the next twenty four hours of their life? something practical and doable that could begin to make a difference in their marriage as a as a partner, as a spouse, a wife, a husband, whoever's listening?
2: I would say um, the first thing is is pull out your Bible and start. Start reading God's word because he will speak to you through that. Um, One verse that you can go straight to is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I clung to this verse and it helped me to remember that I needed to trust in God and not in my own understanding of things, that there's still room to learn and to grow. And when we humble ourselves in those ways, and and we acknowledge the fact that we're imperfect, and we need help, then that gives God the opportunity to step in and help
0: us. It's really a way of humbling ourselves and surrendering to what he gives, wouldn't you say? Yep. And trusting that he is going to what he gives is going to be good. Mm -hmm. And
2: it's not always easy, because we don't understand how you know, the things that he's doing or Mm -hmm. gives us is good, but we have to just trust in him. And, and like you said, surrender to him. And with that, when you humble yourself, you also have to acknowledge, like I said, that, that we're imperfect and that we have room to grow. I lived in denial for a really long time. I thought that I was close to perfect because I had lived this righteous life (laughs) prior to getting married. And that really hindered me because, you know, you get into marriage and you, you hit, The wall with contention or suddenly things
0: aren't perfect yeah
2: things aren't (laughs) perfect but i'm looking at my husband saying you're not perfect (laughs) you're my problem (laughs) you're the problem without looking at myself and so the other side of this that i would encourage is invest into your marriage by learning so get resources about marriage learn what it means to be a wife you know there's 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 a lot of resources out there specifically for marriage like sacred marriage by gary thomas amazing um no More Headaches by Julie Slattery, like I said, um, uh, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller, that these books are, will, will change rich. the way you view marriage. And when you invest in that way, when you say my marriage is a priority and I'm going to um, dive into these resources because I know that they will bless my marriage, um, incredible things happen. Yeah.
0: And you and Aaron attended a Weekend to Remember conference, didn't you?
2: Yes, we through, did through family life. Yes, and um, that also was just a huge impact in the way that we were able to reconcile um, the hardships that we faced, and it was really cool because a weekend to remember. Um, it, you you show up. I think it was a Friday night. And um,
0: it goes throughout the weekend. It's a really cool way if like people don't read books. It, like, yeah. I mean, not that people can't read, but some people aren't as fed by reading. Some right. people want to experience something. Experience. That's so, a good
2: word. Yeah. So experiencing through, um, you know, motivational speakers and encouragers. And then they have this little booklet that has these um, incredible... Um, just the way that it's formatted, you can really follow along and fill in blanks and they have challenges for you and your husband to basically um, communicate to one another how you're feeling and what you're going through and they're prompted so you don't feel awkward going into a conversation with your husband. You
0: you guys are on the So thing. like they give you an assignment, right? They, uh, yeah, like an assignment. Like you go to dinner and talk about this or something.
2: Yep, yep, yep. I love that. And then by the end of it, they give you a little vow and you basically look your husband in the eye and remind him that you're there for him. And mm-hmm. it's just really amazing. And it really brought the two of us together.
0: Yeah. And I've even heard of people who really feel like their marriages are doing really well. They get so much out of those Weekend to Remember, Remember conferences. So mm-hmm, can nice see that happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, it, you know, if, if you feel like your marriage is doing fine, you can always take it to the next level. You can mm-hmm. always communicate more, or, or empathize with one another more. I mean, marriage is, is a journey. It's not an event. It's mm-hmm. it's a process of unpacking who the other person is, who you are in the presence mm-hmm. of them, and also a, a journey of self discovery. In my experience, you know, I'm always discovering new ways that I can lay down my own selfishness and choose giving and moving toward my spouse instead of, like you said, clenching my fists and saying, no, I want it my yeah. my way, <laughs> my way is the best way. Okay, yeah. so, so uh, connecting with God through reading His Word and being open and surrendering to Him, investing in your learning as a couple, mm-hmm. so key. Anything else you want to add?
2: Um, I think I would just say hang in there and um, never stop praying and believing for the change that you desire in your marriage. Yeah, Just have have the faith to know that God can transform you and
0: your husband. And, and to be honest, there are some situations where just reading your Bible and going to a weekend to remember and believing is not going to cut it. I mean, there are situations where you really do need to seek out some professional assistance yeah. um, in counseling. And so we want to make sure and, um, you know, Bring that to light, too, because there are some circumstances that we've walked through in our families of origin or in other relationships that really play into our ability to open up and connect in intimate ways with our spouses. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, you had mentioned that um, marriage is a journey. And I would absolutely agree with you. And my encouragement would be to um, embrace the, the journey of marriage, all of it, the good, the challenging, the painful. And that goes for every single person that's listening right now
0: that is in a marital relationship. Embrace it a journey, a journey. I, I heard someone explain that sex and marriage is like receiving a Lego kit, you know, those Lego kits that are like a 1000 yeah. pieces, it says nine years old plus or whatever. Yeah. And like, or, or, a, you could even say it was like a piece of IKEA furniture, you know, all these little pieces. And so, um, you know, it doesn't sex doesn't exactly come with an instruction kit like an (laughs) ikea piece of furniture or a lego kit but there are a lot of different pieces and part of the journey isn't just having the end product put together it's the journey along the way of communicating with each other where does that piece go how does that piece fit how do we want to build it together and so i think god made it that way so that we would have it be a tool that could be used mm-hmm. to connect with one another beyond just a physical way. And so your story resonates with that so much that it wasn't just about the physical challenges, but all the whole component of who we are as people mm-hmm. that really played into the healing that you and Erin um, were blessed with. Mm-hmm. So I we're praying that for anyone listening who's going through that hard mud. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Jennifer, it's been so fun talking (laughs) to you. It's so hard not seeing you at church. (laughs) I know. I know. I miss you greatly. Yeah. So tell us, um, just I'll link to it in the show notes, but tell us where people can find you online. Uh Um,
2: yeah. So um, unveiledwife.com is uh, my personal blog where I blog regularly. And then if you go on pretty much any social media outlet, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's, um, and Pinterest, it's at um, Unveiled Wife. At
0: Unveiled Wife. That's pretty easy. We can remember yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day in your new sunny summer place. <laughs> Thank and you so much, Jackie. And, and tell Erin hi. And um, look forward to talking to you soon, friend. I will. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Well, that concludes this episode of the Mud Stories podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. I know there are so many things you could be doing today, and yet you chose to be here with me listening to this podcast. And wow, just thank you again so, so much. I don't want you to forget, you can find the show notes and all the links Holly mentioned in this episode over at JackieWatkins.com forward slash episode five, or you can always go to mudstories.com and that'll get you there too. So if you've enjoyed these mud stories, this new podcast, there are two things that I would just be so thrilled if you would do. Number one, Will you share this podcast with a friend? Who is it in your life who maybe could enjoy being encouraged by someone else's mud story? Who is it you know that needs to know that they're not alone, that they're going to make it, and that God is going to meet them in the middle of their mud? I would be so thankful if you would just send them a text or a Facebook message or some kind of an email and just let them know. Help them become aware of this podcast and the availability that it is to encourage them. And you can always just tell them mudstories.com and that'll take them right there. Or if they have iTunes, of course, they can find me there by searching for mud Stories. And that's the second thing. Again, if you would be so kind as to just take a few moments to head on over to iTunes and leave a rating or a review, that will boost the awareness of this podcast in iTunes and it will be able to reach more people to find and discover these Mud Stories to be encouraging and uplifting in their own lives. And finally, I would love, love, love to hear from you. So many of you have reached out to me this last week and sent me a tweet or an email or a text encouragement. And wow, I have so appreciated that. And I just, it's just overwhelming to me how gracious and kind you've been. And so I'd love to hear from you. Do you have any comment or suggestion or question? Do you know someone who has a mud story that I need to talk to, that I need to interview? Do you have a mud story that I need to hear? Uh, Go ahead, send, send me a comment, a suggestion, a question, and you can do that in the Uh, comment section of the blog post or you can always send me an email jackie at jackiewatkins.com or on the sidebar of my blog there's a new little green button that says send a voicemail and so that would be super fun to hear your voice so thank you again so much for your gracious receptivity of this new podcast and for cheering me on i'm so grateful for each of you And let's all remember that no matter what we're facing, no matter where we've been or what lies ahead for us in this week, may we all find our grateful song to sing. Have a beautiful day.
1: Feels a press upon my mind, I pull the shame that leaves me a little bit blind, I cannot see beyond the plane, and I never will find a way out, and then I feel you next to me, you lift my head to see, your strong arm reaches to me. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place. Fills to press upon my mind a pull of shame that leaves me a little bit blind. I cannot see beyond the blame, and I never will find a way out. And then I feel you next to me, you lift my head to see. Your strong arm reaches to me. Your mercy floods my. So as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me off with your sweet grace, and you lead me to a safer place. You overwhelm my broken thoughts, and you mend my lost and damaged heart. I find myself where I belong, in your safe place. A grateful song to sing. A grateful song to sing. A grateful song.